would like to speak to you about right and wrong believing because it is extremely important what we believe right and wrong believing and the first thing I want to say is that it is not important what people say or think of you it's not important what they say or think of you but yet it has a tremendous it has a tremendous effect on how we respond and how we react to what people say about us and it's quite easy to agree with this but it is quite something else to live it and your reaction to what people think or say about you really has a profound influence if people compliment you give you a pat on the back you feel good it's great you're on top of the world if they say you are valuable and precious you believe that if they criticize you or say something that you don't agree with then suddenly you feel unworthy and you lost you lose your preciousness you lose your awareness of who you actually are and that is, that makes you extremely vulnerable to the influence of Satan in your life and we all struggle in these areas nobody is exempt of these things but as we learn about our righteousness as we grow in who we are in Christ Jesus it becomes easier to deal with these things how you see yourself is also very important because you can be absolutely self-destructive you can have such a bad impression of who you are and what you are and what you do that you destroy yourself through that and really the sign of all of this whether we believe right or whether we believe wrong lies in our emotions if we experience constant bad emotions it is possible that we have wrong believing now I'm not saying that when we believe right we will never feel an up or a down we will and I'm not speaking of an illness or depression or anything that can cause that or a, a specific trauma that can cause that but I'm speaking in general if we live by our emotions we we live by either right or wrong believing or right or wrong perceptions of yourself or what other people think of you so I want to make a bold statement and say that constant bad emotions is a sign of wrong believing about your identity in Christ Jesus you see what you as a man thinks in his heart the Bible says so easy as you think in your heart so are you and that is why it is so important to renew your mind renewing of the mind is extremely important we are not perfect in our actions we are not perfect in our thoughts but we are perfect in Christ Jesus 
And when we can get our thoughts focused on our perfection in Christ Jesus, our thinking begins to line up with our perfection in Christ Jesus. And as a man thinks, so is he. Do you see the, the correlation here? It, this is a wonderful truth. The more you focus on who you are in Christ Jesus, the more godly character will manifest in your life. The more you will be able to deal with situations in a godly way. The more you will be able to push away negative things and embrace the positive things that you are and who you are in Christ Jesus. And... You know, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, this is my favorite verse, Father God made Christ to be sin. Christ became everything that the sin nature consists of. Christ who knew no sin because he was completely sinless, received in himself all the characteristics of a sinful nature. Just think of that. He who was spotless became sin. All the characteristics that is represented by sin was imputed to Christ. He was made that so that in him and through him, we might become the righteousness of God. There was a divine exchange. Our sinful nature was imputed to him, and his righteousness was imputed to us. And when he was raised from the dead, he was raised sinless and spotless, and we were raised with him. And we are now seated with him in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and everything. And that is our position in Christ Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 So I said last week when we were together, I said that the righteousness of God means all the requirements that God would have for a man to be perfect has been imputed to you. All the characteristics has been imputed to you. So in Christ, the perfect character of God has been set as a standard for us to live by. Mm -hmm. So do you know that that is impossible mm -hmm. <laughs> in yourself? That is impossible. But that standard to live by according to God's perfection has been imputed to you. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. It is grace. You received it by grace. Amen. Received it by grace. So, what are these characteristics? Because if we. How do we know what the righteousness of God is if we don't actually know who God is? Hmm? So, to, I'm going to draw a picture. Which one do I use here? I can't see. 
So this is God's righteous character. Is he holy? Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Is he holy? Yep. 1 Peter 1 verse 15 says but just as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all you do for it is written be holy because I am holy mm -hmm. is he pure? Mm -hmm. you think he's pure? Yeah. why? because sin is evil and there is no sin in him. Because he didn't have to be made sin if he had any sin. Mm. He was spotless. He is mm. spotless. There is no evil in God. Absolutely mm. no evil is in God. He doesn't even have a shadow. There's no darkness in him. Mm. He's all light. He's all life. He has no evil, no wickedness in him. Mm. So he's absolutely pure. Do you think he's consistent? Yes. Why do we know he's consistent? Sorry, I don't write beautifully. Because yesterday. he is the same yeah, yes. yesterday, yeah, today, today, and forever. tomorrow. Forever. No, forever. forever. He is the same forever. He never changes. Is he compassionate? Yes. How do we know that he is compassionate? 2 Corinthians 1 verse 2 to 4 says in the Amplified Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of sympathy the Father of sympathy pity and mercy and the God who is the source of every comfort consolation and encouragement who comforts, consoles and encourages us in every trouble so that we may be able to console and encourage others so is he sympathetic mm -hmm. yes Hebrews 4 Hebrews 4 verse 15 to 16 says for we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weakness. Just think about that. Do you know when you are weak, at your weakest moment, Jesus says, I understand. Mm. I identify with you. Isn't that incredible? Mm. Isn't that absolutely wonderful? You have a sympathetic high priest. He knows your lowest point and he knows your highest point. And he says, I understand because you know what? I suffered in all ways when mm. I was a human so that I can now have sympathy with you. Mm. A sympathetic high priest. Mm. Do you know where your sympathetic high priest is seated? Mm. At the throne of grace. Mm. Where he pleads and intercedes for you. Where he has sympathy and understanding with you. Is he love? Yes. 1 John 4 says, God is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. Is he wrath? 
No, he is love. Does he have anger? Yes, but he isn't anger. He mm. is love. Mm. <laughs> isn't that wonderful? He is love. Is he patient? The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some would understand his slowness. Instead, he is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He is patient. Do you know that he will never be impatient with you? He will never say, oh, come on, Denise, how many times do I have to tell you? Mm. Wish he would sometimes, but he doesn't. <laughs> he is absolutely Patient. Mm. Love is patient, love is kind. That's right. Long suffering. Is he joyful? Yes. yes. How do we know that? Joyful Lord in our strength. When I wrote this down, I said he's not a sour lemon. <laughs> <laughs> this is a beautiful scripture. He has a lot of joy. Zephaniah 3, verse 17 in the Amplified says, The Lord your God is in the midst of you a mighty one, a saviour who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in silent satisfaction. And in his love he will be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. He will exult over you with singing. That word exult means to spin around in exultant joy. Just think of that. Have you ever been so overwhelmed with joy that you started jumping up and down and you just spin around and you're just dancing around because you are so joyful? Do you know that is what God's doing over you? He says in Luke 15, when a sinner gets saved, there is Rejoicing yes, in yes. heaven. Do you know what they do? They are dancing, jumping mm. up and down, spinning around, not in the flesh, but in the mm. spirit. Yes. Amen. <laughs> he rejoices over you. Does he have peace? Yes. yes. Yeah. I want to actually say he is peace. Because Jesus said, I bequeath unto you my peace. I don't give you peace as the world gives peace. I give you supernatural peace which comes from me, which means that you are one with God. You've been approved by him. You belong to him. You have are at peace with God. And you have supernatural peace guarding your mind and your heart from all questions. He is the Prince of Peace. Mm. Amen. Um, peace comes from John 14 and Isaiah 9. Prince of Peace. He is a wonderful Mm. 
a wonderful counselor. Mm. Do you know that the advice that he would give you mm. is always perfect? Yeah. Mm. Sometimes we want to know better. Mm -hmm. He is the wonderful counselor. And he will always guide you and counsel in his wisdom and in his love. He is an everlasting father. Just think of it. Everlasting Father. Mm. You have received a spirit of adoption yes. by which you cry out, Abba. Abba. Not just today and tomorrow you're thrown out or you re rejected and you kicked out of the house. He is an everlasting Father to you and no one can pluck you from His hand. No one can pluck you from His hand. No one, no one, no one, no one can take you out of His hand, out of His household. No one. Do you hear that? It, he is your everlasting Father. Is he mighty? Mm. Mighty God. He's all powerful. Do you know when was the greatest display of God's power? In creation? <laughs> when was the greatest display of God's power? When he opened the Red Sea? Raising Jesus. Raising Jesus was the greatest display of God's power. And who was raised with Jesus? We were. You were raised with Jesus. Yeah. In him. He raised Christ Jesus from the dead and he seated him far above all principality and power in the heavenly realm and we were raised with him and we are seated with him and that same power is now at work in you that great power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in you Whenever you do something, whatever you do, you have that power available to work in you. When you minister, that power is available to, to help you, to help people. When you speak or you have to do something, that anointing power is within you to, to help and to complete that which He has given you to do. That is the power of God that is in you. It is the anointing power that removes burdens and destroys mm -hmm. yokes upon people's lives. Amen. When you speak under the anointing, your words carry that anointing and that power that destroys yokes and destroys bondage. Amen. Is he faithful? Yes. yes. 1 Corinthians 1 9 says, God is faithful, 
who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. Just think of it. He has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. You are part of the fellowship between him and Jesus. He's called you into that fellowship. And he actually says, he says that when you are faithless, he is faithful. He remains faithful. Yeah. When you are faithless, he remains faithful. Mm. You see, because it's not about you in the natural, it's all about him. Mm. It's all about who he is. Does he have self-control? Yes. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 in the Amplified says that the fruit of the Spirit Mm -hmm. is the fruit that is produced by His presence in you. So He has Mm self-control. When He doesn't deal with you according to your iniquity, but He deals with you according to Christ, what is He exercising? (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? Does he take offense? Is he ever offended? Is he ever offended? What does offense mean? Your definition of offense is to harbor. Is to harbor. Definition of the new covenant of offense is to harbor a hurt feeling. When somebody's hurt you and you carry it around in your heart, you are walking in offense and Satan will trip you up. Mm-hmm. If you carry that hurt around, you are in offense. He is never offended. How often do we hurt him? Yeah, often. Mm-hmm. Often. But he never carries offense. Mm-hmm. Never ever. This is his righteousness. This is what his righteousness looks like. And if his righteousness has been imparted and imputed to you, then you are holy in Christ. To be holy means to be set apart in every area of your life. You are set apart unto him. You are pure in Christ. You are consistent in Christ. You have compassion upon people and yourself in Christ. You are sympathetic towards people and yourself in Christ. You are love. Because His love nature has been imputed to you. That is the righteousness of God. You are patient. Because... He is patient. I mean, you sit in traffic and your foot's going and your temper is rising, but it's not necessary. You can just, at that moment, just give it to him. Just say, oh Lord, just give it to him. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but if you constantly yield to him and you don't get anxious and you don't get that and suddenly you stop and you receive that anxiety and you receive that impatience, do you not feel as if something comes upon you? Mm. Has anyone ever felt that? Mm. 
Yeah. I felt that, that suddenly I feel as if something is coming mm -hmm. over me. And I'm so angry. Yeah. Yeah. It's not of God. Because I can be patient. Yeah. It has been imputed to me. Do you know that patience yeah. is not the absence of anger? Patience is consistently doing the right thing. Consistently doing the right thing. We don't have to be sour lemons. We don't have to be moody. We don't have to receive all the negative emotions. We can be joyful in the Lord, even crying. Yes. We have very difficult circumstances. And tears may be running down mm. our face, but we can say, God, yeah. I rejoice mm. in you. I thank you for your goodness. <coughs> I thank you that you rejoice with me. I thank you for who you are. And you know when you begin to do that, instead of going further down into the pit, you are raised up yes. into the heavenly realm where you actually live and where you are seated. And you don't live by that negative emotion anymore. You live by the supernatural righteousness that has been imputed to you. Amen. Peace, no stress, no worry, no anxiety. You know, it says in Philippians 4 that let not, not be not anxious for anything, but let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. Don't be stressful, don't be anxious. You know, when stress, listen to me, stress comes. So, what do you do when stress comes? Number one, don't receive it. And if you have received it, give it away quickly, as soon as possible. So, Lord, I cast my care on you because you care for me watchfully and affectionately, 1 Peter 5. You care for me watchfully and affectionately. Lord, I can't deal with this situation. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. But, I, but you know, so here it is. I'll just give it to you. You know, do you know how you do it? You say it. That's how you do it. Because we can't go into heaven and put it down. But we can say it and our words carry power and our words reach us to the throne of grace where we receive help and mercy and every need met. Amen. And that peace that surpasses all understanding comes upon us. Amen. And we walk away from that place and we say, oh, thank you, Father. I know that you will take care of it. And then just around the corner, you think, oh, what am I going to do, Father? I've given it to you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I, I just appreciate it that you take care of this situation. And then around the other corner, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, Father, I just give it to you. Amen. That's how we deal with stress. That is how we live in our righteousness that we have received. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> mm -hmm. Wonderful counsellor. Wonderful counsellor. You have wisdom to help people. You have supernatural wisdom to speak into people's lives and help them. Pray about it. Say, Lord, I ask you for wisdom, even in your own life or for other people. Say, Father, I rely on you. I need your wisdom. I need to know what to do in this situation. He is your everlasting Father. You have all the power available to live this life of righteousness in this earth. While you are still in this sinful body, you have an anointing that will teach you all things. 1 John 2 verse 20 says, We have received an anointing from Him and we don't actually need anyone to teach us because His anointing will teach us. Now, it's not speaking of 
teaching the word of God, but it is speaking of that inner ability that will guide your life, that you will know what is right, that you will know where to go and what to do. Amen. We can be faithful. <laughs> we can live in self-control. And we don't have to live in offense. Mm. Do you know why? Mm. Because your past has died. Yes. <laughs> your past died. Mm. It passed away. It's dead. Don't dig up the old cow. It's, it's smelly by now. <laughs> Leave it. Forgive it. Walk in that forgiveness. I've learned in my own life that in the most difficult circumstances, I had to forgive. I thought, oh, well, I can't forgive. How can I forgive that? And it's impossible. And then I learned, okay, well, I'll forgive, but I don't forget. That's not forgiveness. Do you know what forgiveness is? Forgiveness is, if this pain is the offense, then forgiveness is to say, I drop it. Mm. And you just pray. You say, Father, I forgive so and so. I just drop it. I don't have it anymore. And I thank you that I'm free. I thank you that you have forgiven me and therefore I can forgive. Mm. It says in uh, Mark 11, it says when you have um, in the Amplified Bible it says that when you pray, forgive. Mm. And then it actually explains it and it says, just drop it. And I specifically remember years ago in South Africa, one day I was really angry about something. And I was so hurt about mm. it. And the Lord spoke to me and he said to me, forgive. I said, oh, I don't know if I can do that. And he said, forgive. Drop it. And I said, okay, Lord, I just drop it. And when I said it, I felt the peace of God come upon me. I felt the anointing of the Holy Spirit come upon me. And you know, I could walk away from that moment free. Did, I, did it still hurt me? Yes, it did. But it didn't harm me anymore. Mm. Did I remember it? Yes, I remembered it. But it had no effect on me anymore because yeah. I did that. I dropped it. And if you have to do it once you, and you, have, you need to do it again, do it ten times, do it a hundred times, but for heaven's sake, just do it. You know, there's liberty in that. There's freedom in that. And we don't have to live and walk like that. Amen. Don't carry any offense. Right believing. This is your new identity. This is who you now are. in Matthew 6 it says the eye is the lamp of the body if your eye is good your whole body will be full of light so our eyes are the entrance to our hearts and it provides the doorway to our souls mm. so when Jesus speaks of good or healthy eyes he's not speaking of our physical eyes 
but he's asking, where is your gaze? Mm. At what are you looking? Are you looking at what is good? <coughs> or are you looking at your own inadequacy? Or your own imperfection? Or are you looking at your perfection in him? You see, when your eyes are on him, it's easy to look. When your eyes are on him, it's easy to look. And I want you to begin to see yourself. You've seen who you really are. The righteousness of God, all those characteristics live on the inside of you. They've been imputed to you. Your spirit is recreated. This is now, you have all of this on the inside of you. That makes me so excited. That really excites me. So, I want you to just look at this because there was God in the beginning and he was the creator. He is Elohim. I don't know if I spell it right. And then there was the word And Holy Spirit. <coughs> and so the Word, John 1, became flesh, became flesh and dwelt sure. among us. And dwelt among us. And his name was? Jesus. And he was also the last. And he came and he died and he was raised. So when God created mankind, he created them in his image and in his in his likeness, in the image and in the likeness of God. What's the difference? Sorry? What's the difference? Image and likeness. Image is appearance, likeness is it's character. Character the spirit. Yeah, the spirit. And so man sinned. And sin stood between man and God. So when mankind was created, God appointed Adam as the federal head. I don't know that. What do you mean by federal? When Adam sinned, all men fell into sin. Bible says through one man yeah. all became sinners <coughs> so Adam was the representative representative of mankind there's a scripture in Romans that says that even though there were people who didn't sin after the exact transgression of Adam they were still sinners 
So, you know, when we read Genesis 1, sometimes we think that the world was created on day 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and men, a man on the sixth day, and on the seventh day God rested, on the eighth day God, man fell into sin. That was not so. Mm. We read it like that, but it's not true. There were other people because God created mankind, and he told Adam and Eve to recreate but they were responsible. God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And there were other people at the time. They weren't the only two people, but they were appointed as the representative of man, Adam. And that is why Jesus is called the last Adam, because this Adam was the first Adam. And so through the transgression of this Adam, the whole world became Sin. sinners. Mm. All men fall short of the glory of God. Mm. Okay? And this was the case until death reigned, the Bible says in Romans 5, that death reigned until Moses. And so when Moses and the law came, we had this distinction, actually from Abram, between Jews and Gentiles and Gentiles. Okay? So there's a wonderful scripture in Ephesians 2 that says just get that. Um, Ephesians 2 that says that God decided the purpose of that Christ Jesus wait, let me get the scripture. Ephesians 2. It says from verse 14, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to you who were near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So he created a new humanity. And the division according to that scripture and the animosity according to that scripture between Jew and Gentile, he has taken away mm. and he has brought peace mm. between Jew and Gentile. We don't see the peace today, but in Christ Jesus he yeah. has created mm. a new humanity and therefore we are all equal in Christ Jesus as far as this dispensation is concerned. And I'm saying that because I don't know what else is going to happen in the future. But he created a new humanity. Now through the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the whole world, did he die for the whole world? Yes. He became... The last Adam, which means that he is now the federal head. 
If this Adam was the federal head, bringing all the world into sin, the Bible says that the last Adam brought many unto righteousness and the life of God. And so in this last Adam, we have forgiveness of all sin. We have no condemnation. We are justified. What does justified mean? Just as if I've never sinned. Amen. <laughs> we are righteous. What does righteousness look like? Righteousness looks like? God. We are reconciled. We are part of his family. For how long? Forever. We are redeemed. What does redeem mean? Purchased. We are purchased. We are bought. Not by silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus. And we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, We are God's own handiwork. His own handiwork, so that we can do those good works which He predestined for us to do long before time. We are a new creation. We are part of this new humanity. But we know that the whole world is not saved. Agree? Mm -hmm. yeah. So what must happen for the world to be saved? Believe. Faith. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. Faith in? Jesus. In Jesus. Do you understand why Jesus is the only saviour? Yeah. There is no other saviour. Mm -hmm. There cannot be any other saviour. All roads do not lead to Rome. Mm. All religions do not lead to God and heaven. We have to know that. We have to understand that without a shadow of doubt. Jesus is the only yes. way and truth and life to the Father. He is the federal head. He is the saviour. And you are in him. So when you got born again, what did you do? You believed in Jesus and you made him your Lord and Saviour. And when that happened, your name changed. Amen. And you became Liz, Christian. Liz, Christian means Oh, this doesn't, this, this, this one doesn't work. Liz, Christian. <laughs> Christian means? Little Christ. So when you believed, you became Hanukkah, little Christ. When you believed, Ellie became Ellie, little Christ. Mm. Stu became Ellie, look, oh, <laughs> 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 Christian. Hannah became Christian. Yeah. 
Christian little Christ. Jane and Jane became Christian little Christ. Barbara and Pete, you became Christian. Pete, little mm. Christ. Steve. Uh-uh. Yes? I became Stephen little Christ. Oh, Stephen <laughs> little Christ. He told me I couldn't abbreviate my name because it had meaning in all of it. Okay. Stephen. Yes, with a B. <laughs> So what do we do when we don't believe yeah. who we are? Mm. What do we do when we don't believe what we perceive? Mm. What are we doing when we don't believe that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? You are a special generation. You are a new generation. You are a holy people. You are not only a people. You are a family. You are a child of God. You belong to a Father who loves you from now until ever and forever and forever and forever. A Father who will never deal with you according to your iniquity, but who is gracious and kind towards you. That is who you are. So don't forget that. Keep your eyes healthy. Keep your eyes focused on who you are. Mm. This is where you are. And in all of this, you have been translated and you now live in the kingdom of God. You no longer live in the kingdom of darkness. God has drawn you out of the control and out of the power of darkness and he translated you from the power of darkness into the kingdom of light and into the kingdom of love of Jesus Christ, your Savior. And the kingdom is now in you. Amen. That's where you live. That's who you are. And that is what you do. Now, if you are not excited about that, I don't understand. <laughs> because I certainly am. When I prepare these messages and I see these truths, I think, oh, wow, that's all I can say. Oh, wow. And I trust that you will understand this. I trust that you will see this picture in your mind. You have been translated. And this is where you live, where you have forgiveness, no condemnation, justification, the righteousness of God, reconciled forever, purchased by the blood of Jesus, not silver and gold, and you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so I want to encourage you, live in your new creation. Mm. Live according to who you are. Mm. Fix your gaze. Mm. on who he is because that's who you are don't fix your gaze on your impurity don't fix your gaze on your addiction don't fix your gaze on your problems <coughs> don't fix your gaze on yourself because you know what Satan will for sure trip you up he will trip you up. But you have been drawn out of his control and his dominion. Mm. And so all he can do is to get you into wrong believing. Mm. That's all he can do. He can get you into wrong believing. And if he can get you to begin to believe wrong, he will break you down. He won't rob you from heaven. He is your father forever, but he will lie to you and deceive you and eventually try to destroy you. But fix your gaze mm. on who you are in Christ Jesus. Mm. Amen. 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 Amen.